Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Lucky Mojo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of CliffLow.com in scenic, scenic, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission VA, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest, Freya Rose of FreyHealings.com in New Mexico, bringing us today's Oracle Hour on weird tarot decks you've never heard of. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection, using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the great spiritual hoodoos of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-host, Catherine Ardwood and Contraband. Ms. Cat? Hi, thank you, Clifford. How are things in scenic Teaneck? <laughs> things are pretty good. It's been a good week. Well, How are you doing? I'm just fine. Um been um working real hard on um taking photographs lately. I've been on a little photography kick. I think getting onto Instagram kind of got me into the photography world and um I just thought it would be nice to um you know, do more of them. So that's pretty much what I've been doing. Oh, and signing course books. I've had a bunch of people sign up for my course, which I've only been teaching since 2003, but you know, a whole new generation of people are growing up and they want to take the course, which surprises me sometimes. Um, and I've been um, making a few oils for the shop and uh, signing books. People buy the books we publish and they want me to sign them, so I've been kind of Signature after signature. That's what my my week has been kind of relaxed. Sunny weather. Everything is nice. And thank God Heidi is over her COVID and back at work. Max is back at work. And we're still waiting on Nikki to get a negative test. But my God, that was just ghastly for two weeks. And um, And they're back. And everyone is healthy and well. And uh, we're so glad that Heidi is feeling much better. And and uh, and really, having had two vaccinations and a booster, she came through this with absolutely flying flags and shining colors. So I was very glad. So that's what's new here. Um, and of course, um, there's been a lot going on in the world. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. Maybe I should just <laughs> shut up. Um, and um, and. Um, however, no, uh, no, no, things... <laughs> no, 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 we're going to talk about it, but how are things with you, Conjure Man? Uh, things are, are going well. I think there's always a disconnect when the things are personally going well or professionally going well, but the world is less, less so. 
Um, uh, I should mention before I, I, I say a little bit, uh, a little bit of a rant, uh, I have opened up my books for, uh, March. If anyone is interested in a reading, they go by real fast. Uh, I opened them up. There's like, like seven slots and we're already down to four. So just a heads up, if you're interested in finding out, you know, whether you'll get that job this year, you'll find love this year, how your love life will go this year. Uh, and just look ahead to the year and see what 2022 offers you. The opportunity is there. I have opened up my book, so check that out. Um, I, I will say, uh, I think you're too polite to, to say it, but I will say, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> because we're watching, um, and, and, and I, we say this, because we go, oh, why are you so political on this podcast? Because the podcast is an archive. People 50 years from now are going to listen and find out what was going on in February in 2022, but also because we're individuals, we're connected com- to communities. And when you start to see Nazis marching in the streets and waving flags over their sort of anti-vax bullshit up in Canada, you've got to say something. You've got to be like, holy crap. These people have crawled out from under the rocks and they're back onto our streets, goose-stepping. Um, and, you, you know, you hear the uptick in anti-Semitism in, in recent years in particular has been deeply alarming. And it doesn't seem to be going away anywhere anytime soon. From, uh, you know, synagogues that are being held at gunpoint to people claiming that anti-Semitism is, and the Nazis are not a race thing. To like the whole oi, conversation oi. right now, you're just, yeah. You're just looking at a moment. And so there is a there's a real fire that has been set, and it's not being put out right now. So for those of us that are in a spiritual community, those of us that are in, and the key word here is community, you need to ask yourself, what questions are we taking to uh, tamp out the anti-Semitism in our personal networks, the racism in our personal networks, these type of things that are kind of all coalescing. And we should know that, it overlaps with stuff like anti-vax. Anti-vax is almost never neutral. It's never just a question. These things kind of overlap with each other. So when you see an uh, anti-vax caravan in Canada and suddenly they're waving Nazi flags and putting up Nazi salutes, that should be warning bells for all of us. That's right. That's right. And And not only that, then they go online with pictures from truck shows from five years yeah. ago, oh, and man. and claiming that this is their convoy. It's all it's all you know being ginned up and rolled up and and shoved down mm-hmm. the throat of the public. It's oh, pretty yeah. scary. Um, I could say more, but I really um, just I just want to say I agree with you 100 percent, and um, it's very shocking to see what's going on. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Russia is gearing up to invade Ukraine. So we're just going to put that out there, too. Uh, It's a big deal. So um, and nobody seems to be able to stop them. Yeah, what was that? Uh, there's a very famous ancient curse that says, may you live in interesting times. Interesting times. Right. <laughs> it certainly seems right. well, to be a curse. Uh, my feeling is, is the Ukraine-Russia Sudetenland? That's how I see it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> just History repeats itself. So we're here today, on the other hand, to talk about uh, the joyous and extra interesting things of life. And um, so... Um, Let's get to it. Um, First of all, we have a new Mm -hmm. member of AIR. Now, many people who watch um, us online and and go to the Lucky Mojo forum and watch and read the forum posts there know about 
Freya Rose. She started off in the forum under the name of Fiakna Rose, but so if you remember that name, now she's Freya Rose as a professional name. And I, I, I'm kind of spilling the beans on that because people are going to go, I never heard of her before, but you have heard of her because she's made over 1,300 <laughs> posts at the Lucky Mojo Forum. And she is a full-time psychic and clairvoyant reader, and she is a member of AIR, and soon will be listed on Hoodoo Psychics as well, probably by next week. So um, welcome to the show, Freya. Tell folks about you and how they can find you. Welcome. Hi, Miss Cat, Conjure Man, pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here and so, so excited to be a member of AIR and Hoodoo Psychics. Uh, you know, I've been one of your students. You're talking about people signing up again. For anyone thinking about it, it's going to be the best thing that you've done for yourself. Like once you get uh. in there, <laughs> I'm just saying it's the right move if anyone's on the fence. Um, but, no, it's it's such a treat because I've admired you for so long from afar, like Conjurman, you know, listened to the show for a long time. Um, so it's a real treat to be here today. I do, I'm called for root work wise, my guides have mostly called me to do like really intense healings and cleansings for people. That's my passion and I'm kind of laser focused at this time doing that. Um, I've been blessed to do a lot of in-person cleansings and healings at fairs across the country. Uh, But now I'm mostly doing them remotely for people because healing energy works the same way whether I'm right next to someone or whether we're doing it through Zoom. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in this mm-hmm. remote cabin, snowed in, <laughs> in a canyon in <laughs> northern New Mexico. So that works. If people want to come find me, they can. But otherwise, I'm happy to do readings, cleansings, mediumship uh, at my new site, FreyaHealings.com. Wow. Very okay. cool. And... Um, and I know that you have a – people can just hear it from your voice. Um, you're a kind person, a gentle person, mm-hmm. and um, those who want um, healing or cleansing should seek out Freya. It will be mm-hmm. good for you. It's a good, uh, it's a good m- method of getting clean and getting clear. I know, for instance, some of us – have you know a gift for love and sex work, or some of us have a gift for cursing and crossing, and some of us have a gift for protection magic, and um, you know I'm gifted in a few of those myself, but um, cleansings and healings is not something that I would recommend myself for. I'd recommend Freya Rose. So take it from the old card reader. Go seek out Freya Rose if you want cleansing um, readings on cleansing and healing, and if you want a cleansing or healing uh, ceremony, treatment, or whatever you might call spiritual contact. Thank okay. you. Okay, so you know, you're welcome. So uh, today we have a topic that came up because we were working in the AIR Tech team on creating Freya's new page at AIR. So um, probably that will get posted if it wasn't already posted. Freya has a bio page at AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. You can go there, click on Book a Reading, Book a Reading with Freya. It will all be cool. While we were working on that, I was uh, looking at the photos, and one of the photos that Freya had put up was uh, of a tarot deck, and that tarot deck is the Crone deck, and I'd never seen that deck. And that gave me the idea for the topic 
weird tarot decks you never heard of <laughs> because I've been in this business for 55 years. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that deck. Um, so um, what we're doing today is a little unusual. This is the Oracle Hour. We do this once a month, first Sunday of the month. We do some form of divination. Now we've done tarot decks before, and we've done regular play cards before, but now it is weird tarot decks. So I'm going to start this <laughs> off. What do I mean by weird? Well, by weird... I don't mean a different way of coloring the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot. Okay, that's not weird. Yeah. You know, the Radiant tarot is not weird. But there are uh, decks that are weird, and I would say the very first one that I ever saw was the Aquarian tarot by David Palladini, in which he basically took the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot, redrew a portion of each card, just a close-up. Um, beautiful, very simplistic, but gorgeous Art Nouveau-inspired poster art, graphic art type work. Just lovely. And when I saw that, I just, I went crazy for it, fell in love with it. And it was the first of a long list of these derivative um, decks, but it was so unusual because it wasn't the whole card. You had to be a card reader to be able to read the card because all you're seeing is some beautiful woman with with black hair. And it mm, says Queen of Pentacles. Interesting. Yeah. Now what are you going to do with that, right? So <laughs> it was a reader's it was a, a reader's reading deck. You 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 had to be in the know to be able to use that deck. Another deck that was weird that I liked was the first borderless deck I ever saw. Now there have been many since then. Um and that was called the Morgan Greer Tarot. And it is borderless. It has very pretty art, again, based on the Rider-Waite-Smith, very vibrant, lovely colors, and there's no border. And that Mm. deck became the darling of my generation of of weird tarot readers because if you laid it out on black velvet, uh, it it just was like this stained glass window effect. It was incredible. And there were no borders. Uh. Whereas if you lay out a regular deck with a white border, it's just, you go, eh, those are cards. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that was the second... Yeah, that was the second weird deck um, that I know of. But they got weirder, and the the first totally ran the train off the rails deck that I ever saw was the the Tarot of the Cats. Everybody was like, oh yes, and I went, I went, no, no, this they, they've they've leaped, <laughs> they've leaped over the edge here. But it got weirder. It got a lot weirder. And um, so I'm going to tell you, um, if you saw the ads we did for the show, one of the weirdest decks, and yet I love it very much, is the Lisa Frank Tarot. Now, Lisa Frank, for those of you who are either too young or too old to know who she (laughs) is and was, uh, was a, a graphic designer who used very bright rainbow colors to create rounded, beautiful anime-like animals and spew them all over every kind of school supply that every child could buy in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And um, the Lisa Frank Tarot was actually created by a woman named Ariel Hart, and she was channeling Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank did not do these cards. It's called the Lisa Frank Tarot. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah, I know, because they look just like Lisa Frank. But yeah, there's a story really behind do. that, too. Lisa Frank had a whole team of artists working with her. So it's kind of... Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> this, so I put up a link 
um, to it, and a couple of links to different um, uh, selections of it. Now, um, here's the – oh, I put up a, an error also in that. And at the end of that one link, Nagashiva, it says Doug at the end of tarot cards. Take that Doug out when we do this. Um, the um, the woman who did these, Ariel Hart, decided to give them away for free. And so you can get PDFs of the card front and backs, and you can have them printed for you at any number of Etsy or small-time card printing companies. Everyone can have a Lisa Frank Tarot, and there you go. And uh, it was a great gift that she gave. So the characters here are bears and, and um, oh my gosh, you know, uh, pandas and, and uh, cats mm-hmm. and dogs and and all. Um, one of my favorites is the chariot, which is a cat in a chariot being pulled by two dogs. And this is a very clever little reference to the goddess Freya. Right? Who has a chariot pulled by cats. Um, yeah. Um, they're just lovely cards. She only did the major um, arcana, and many of these weird decks, show decks, people only do the major arcana. So you have to be kind of content with that. So that's my, my first shot across the bow. How about you, Freya? What's your uh, favorite weird deck? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, you know, because you made this topic just for little old me and my weird deck. <laughs> but I, I'm really in love with the Tarot of the Crone for a few reasons. Like, I was just mentioning this a little bit in the chat, but, I mean, you know, I'm not neurotypical. And maybe anyone who hears me prattling on for <laughs> for a few minutes can figure that out. I'm definitely ADHD. And so... I don't know. I'm always looking for that one tarot deck that speaks to my brain that isn't overdone with images, so it's like overstimulating for me. That's why I love this artwork by Ellen Lorenzi Prince. It's because it's just like often a stark black background or just one incredibly bold color. Like I'm looking at one of my cards right now that I love, Beast of Wands. It's just this bright, almost neon yellow background with little twigs like a winter trees in bright orange and then just a black cat crossing that field, the beast of wands. And for me, I totally understand that this is about like hunting down what you want, seeking pleasure, being like a cat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a card that often comes up when, you know, people aren't chasing down what they want, they're hesitating, and I'm like, be the cat, you guys. But that makes sense for my type of brain. Um, I also love this deck because it's got all kinds of different like melanated, beautiful women in it. It's a very feminine-centric deck, so all of the figures in it that show up are women, like female archetypes, kind of goddess figures. Um, There's all different skin tones, which you rarely see, which is just a travesty. But I love Mm -hmm. that Ellen spent the time to really make it inclusive, beautiful, and again, just incredibly bold. Like each suit has its own super bright colors like purples and pinks for cups, which is about emotion, you know. The wands are all like fire tones. It just makes sense to me, and I love it. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out. Um, what about you, Conjure Man? Can you give us a weird deck? 
Yeah, so I don't, uh, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I don't really collect decks. I have a few, mostly gifted to me throughout the, the ages, uh, whether it's Lenormand, uh, Madame Nadia gave me a Lenormand deck, uh, um, I've had a Renaissance deck, a Rumi deck, so I don't really actually collect them, but I have get, gotten a few gifts over the years. Uh, I think I'm just too, uh, I'm too much of a traditionalist, so rider weight for me. But You're my I did receive a man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm just, you know, Tauruses have only two modes. We either collect things or we're like, nope, this is good. We're fine. Don't I'm just I'm not going to do anything further. Than <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> and so, and so my, I fall under the ladder where I'm like, yeah, I'm good with the right away. But I did receive a gift from a friend of mine once uh, as a Game of Thrones tarot deck. Uh, which is really neat and interesting. And I've never actually uh, read with them, but I've played around and shuffled with them and I've pulled a few and they're really cool. Uh, I can't log into the chat, unfortunately, to drop it into the chat room, but I'm going to read the uh, URL for uh, some reason, Mercury's last, you know, hurrah, Right. Kick, kicking my ass right now. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to read the URL and I'm going to talk, I just mention a couple of these images because they're really cool. So the URL is winteriscoming.net slash 2018 slash 3 slash 24 slash game of thrones review hyphen and hyphen analysis so check it out it's really cool. yeah so but one of the one of the cards is the death card and it's Arya stark uh with her oh. sword drawn in the hall of the faceless men uh and then we have some really cool ones the lovers is john snow and Ygritte out in the snow it's nice. really, really really cool uh, the two, and some of these, and, and some of them don't have actual figures on there, but a lot of the images are very clearly. So, for example, the four of coins doesn't have anyone recognizable about it in it, but you can recognize that it is the uh, iron bank. So it's the four of coins, oh, the iron bank there. That's so it's awesome. really cool. Deck. Very, that. yeah, very muted images, uh, beautifully painted, uh, and you're going to see me kind of work through this today as we do readings. All right. Um, I hope that Nagashiva can find that um, link and, and get it. <laughs> I think it's you. like the second link that comes up if you Google it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go on to my all-time weirdest, 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 unreadable weirdest, and that is the Dollar Tree Tarot. <laughs> and I have mentioned the Dollar Tree Tarot before. And okay. um, I'm, I've just put through a little notice about I quoted this from a, a website that, oh, he found it, the Dollar Tree Tarot at eclectic.com. Thank you. Much shorter oh. URL. So the Dollar Tree Tarot was sold at Dollar Tree, um, you know, bargain stores in the USA, designed by John Stetson, who's a friend of mine. He's a, um, a celebrity psychic and um, medium and mentalist. And uh, John Michael Hilford, known mostly to us as Doc Hilford, who is mm. a spiritualist medium, has presented at the um, uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festivals and is a, a student and uh, of my course and they put this thing together and it just was this fracocta event where they came up with this idea and that really is a very very cool idea that each card 
has at the top of it the words past, present, and future, so that if you want to do a three-card layout, it gives you three different meanings, what the card means in the past, what it means in the present, Mm -hmm. what it means in the future. And it's fabulous. They had it printed or drawn or designed in Asia, and it didn't translate well. So there is, (laughs) for each suit... There's both an ace and a number one. Let's just start with that, okay? There's an ace and a number one. So the aces are considered court cards. I don't know. Um, There are 22 trumps. That's pretty conventional. There are 28 tip cards. So these are cards number one through seven. Not counting the ace now. That's just one through seven. And that just stops at seven. Okay. And then there are 20... Yeah, then there are 20 court cards, the ace, page, knight, queen, and king in each suit. And the eight cards each have a numeral and a a signifier, your past, your present, your future, their past, and their present, and their future, so on. It's actually, it's a card deck waiting to be remade because the concept of past, present, and future written on the cards, and the art is pretty Amazing, spectacular. Yeah, I like that. Oh, they're wonderful, but you can't read them because <laughs> you know There's once you get the things. ace, you know, say you're doing a three card cut and you get the ace and the one. Mm-hmm. What? You know, I mean, I, I you just you yeah. you can read it. Yeah, of course, if you're a good reader, you can you could read the lettuce leaves and my you know vegetable crisper. But um, right. this is the weirdest deck ever made. Absolutely. It has become quite rare. It was sold for a dollar at the Dollar Tree a number of years ago. I went out and bought every copy I could find. I sent people down to every Dollar Tree in a 50-mile radius, north, south, east, and west. Well, there aren't on west, but because of the Pacific Ocean. But to the east, mm-hmm. we got them all. We got them all. We sold them at the Lucky Mojo shop. <laughs> we didn't even mark them up much. I think we sold them for three bucks. Sold out. Um, over the course of many years because people didn't realize what they were. But I started mentioning them on this show, and immediately people went nuts and bought them all. We don't have them anymore. And you can find them on Etsy and eBay for money now, real money. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I love it. It's a collector's item now. <laughs> they are a collector's item. Yeah. You've unleashed right. something. I'm, what, yeah, okay. what have you done? <laughs> yeah, what have I done exactly? Well, um, the thing is, I've talked with both um, Doc and with John about reprinting it, but they sold mm. their rights to it to uh, the Dollar Tree. And it was oh. a layout sheet that you could do layouts, you know, card layouts. And the thing was so well thought out, except for for reasons unknown, because both John and Doc are good card readers. When it got to Asia, somebody either like lost three pages of descriptive text and, right. and layout because Doc is a cartoonist and he was, he actually did kind of a little layout. This is what it should be like. They either lost those. They said we just don't want them. Oh, and I forgot to say they also printed it on something about equivalent to the cheapest index cards that you know, like that. I mean, the cheapest index stock that's like fragile and not even coded. It, mm-hmm. it's like they might as well have been printed at Kinko's. I, I don't know. They're just terrible. <laughs> um, but they're so cool. So I that's my that. most weirdest deck. Now, 
Uh, does anyone else have another weird deck? And I've got a third one I want to lay on us, too. But if anyone else, jump in with your next weirdest deck. I, I can mention one. I'm not sure if it's weird, but it's certainly uh, different. And I have one called the Rumi Tarot deck, which I've tried to read it before. It's, I think, by Nigel Jackson. He does a lot of the cool uh, astrological art over at Renaissance Astrology, Christopher Warnock's place. Um, and it, I, the only reason I find it slightly strange, it's really cool. It's very beautiful. It's got a very, it's aesthetically pleasing. It's very green, <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. uh, because they're trying to tap into this sort of Islamic imagery there. The mm-hmm. only uh, reason I find it slightly strange is that the images make sense. And so this is, this is a common theme. There are people who know tarot, and they make tarot decks. And so the imagery works. You go, okay, that makes kind of sense. And there are people who don't know tarot, and the imagery makes no sense whatsoever. In this case, <laughs> right. clearly the artist knew the tarot, and so the imagery makes sense. The only problem is that the verses that they added on from Rumi are almost like they don't quite match up. So like some of the two of, the two of cups is about love, but the verse there is actually not a love verse. Yeah. So there's like all sorts of like bizarre, like it doesn't quite link up. And I think that's just because Rumi and English is not always well translated. Um, right. Not, it doesn't, it doesn't quite fit. And some people misinterpret, for example, they think some of the verses are about uh, mystical love, and certainly there's a good deal in Rumi that is. But Rumi was also writing about somebody else. He's writing there's some there's a queer component to Rumi's writing. Mm. He's writing about his teacher, uh, so Sham. So he's like, so it doesn't. So they don't quite understand the context. So this is why I, I love this deck, but I don't quite read with it simply because the verse and the imagery they just don't line up. Oh, that's frustrating. Well, you know, this this gets to what have they done to Tarot. I find right. myself when I when I'm getting to into not so much the weird ones, which are often well thought out, but some of them are not and and I end up arguing with the person who wrote the deck. I'm like, that's not what that card means. That's not mm-hmm. what that card should look like. And so there's the part where my Obsessive collector meets my art critic and literary critic, <laughs> and we have some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Yep. Do you have another one, Freya? I've got yes, I do. I was just looking. I've got a pile <laughs> next to me on my desk here. See, I, it is. It's like trying to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright or something for me. Like I'm constantly dating different tarot decks to see if they work for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've got this one that I found in this weird little magic shop in Portland, Oregon, and I could only find a link for it on Etsy, which I popped in the chat earlier. But it's called the Astro Essentia. It's an oracle deck, but it's just these weird kind of hodgepodge collages on each card to help people understand like the different signs, the different planets and the different houses, like what kind of vibe or energy they have. And so for so me, this, wait, can I, let me, let me jump in. So this is oh, really sure. more though an Oracle deck. It's not a tarot deck. It's an true, Oracle true. deck. Yeah. So maybe okay, that I get doesn't it. apply. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a purist. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no, I am. Uh, there's, there's, um, Tarochi decks are playing card decks. People say, well, I read tarot and playing cards. No, those are both playing cards. But oracle decks, to me, are not playing cards. You can't play a game with them. 
That's mm-hmm. very true. Mm-hmm. You make an excellent point. And you can hardly play a game with the major arcana only, except for something like Go Fish, which will be over very soon because there's only 22 mm-hmm. cards. Um, so, but yeah, there are a number. We've done um, some shows on oracle cards in the past, and we might do one again. So that's a good mm-hmm. topic to to lay off the side for that. that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with another one. This one is really spectacular. It's by a guy that I know through the comic book field and comics fandom. He has. Um, a name that I don't know how to pronounce, although I've read his name for years and known him for years. I never asked him how to pronounce his name. Um, it's Doug Thornjo or Thornsjo. It's it may be with a, a Y, Thornjo. I don't know what it is. But anyway, because his name is unpronounceable, or because he likes the Marx Brothers, he calls his company Duck Soup. And so you can look for the Duck Soup Zirkus Magi Tarot. Now, this tarot, and I have it right here, and I'm going to be reading with it today, is oversized, which is inconvenient. And I have the slick slick edition, so these are constantly falling out of my hands. But he has, in response to clients and customers, he also makes a smooth version. And I may just invest in the smooth version because I can't read the slick one. It's too slippery. But it Mm -hmm. is a, a beautifully drawn deck with sort of an Aleister Crowley over tinge. For instance, Crowley called the knights the princesses, whereas 99.9% of other readers consider the pages mm-hmm. to be the princesses and the knights are men. And so he called the knights the riders, and they're all bareback riders in a carnival circus type atmosphere. Oh, amazing. And they're very pretty, but you just have to make that flip that it's the, the Crowley flip. And I think he does the same thing with justice. You know, he put you know, that whole... Arthur Edward Waite versus Aleister Crowley fighting in the heavens thing. Yeah. I heard yeah. he got kicked down the stairs during that fight, by the way. <laughs> yes. Crowley did. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw yeah. it in. Fun fact of the day, Crowley got kicked down the stairs during that fight. Yeah, wow. right. Well, um, so, yeah, so anyway, but, but so this guy has some Crowleyisms. In fact, one of the cards, the the Ace of Blades, which is a sword swallower, is called Will, which is very Crowleyan, of course. But mm. this is so fascinating because his art is spectacular. The coloring is dark and dramatic, and the um, the, the 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 art is just over the top, beautiful. And he uses characters like um, Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, and but he's drawn them. These are not photos, particularly. I mean, they're photorealistic, sort of. Um, my my favorite is Charlie Chaplin as the Five of Buckets, and um, <laughs> the buckets being cups. Um, the Five of Cups is that gloomy guy, and it shows Charlie Chaplin kind of hunched over in the movie The Gold Rush, just looking very sad. And the Four of is um, Buster Keaton, also looking very discouraged and sad from one of his movies, sort of frowning and rejecting the buckets, the Four Buckets, just like in The Four of Cups. Um, really, really a lot of thought went into this one. On the other hand... If you were to read with this deck, just as a, just to let you know, this is not a cheap deck. 
Um, there are different mm-hmm. versions of it, and they come with more and more. He just couldn't stop drawing, I think. So you can have all of these add-ons. You can have theatrical entertainers, and you can have, I mean, you could end up with 150 tarot cards before you were done. Because he just does, and they're all interchangeable. They're, you know, if you want it to be theatrical women, or if you want it mm-hmm. to be, um, oh, I just, it, it's just so eccentric. And um, so he makes them in small groups, like you can just get the uh, trumps, or you can get a full deck, which is what I have. Um, they're really interesting. But the prices start at like, you know, 75 bucks for one deck. And if you want one of the really big decks, which he's added extra cards to, it's going to run you $130. Oh, it's, boy. It's, oh, yeah. It, but. They are done in limited runs of 500, and um, I mean, he's he's an artist. These these are art cards, really art cards. Mm-hmm. And if you love um, circus life and carnival life and love the old time stuff, now the question is, could you really read these for somebody? Well, we're going to see if I can. Okay. <laughs> mm. Exciting! I love it. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing about him is the Arcana have these weird names, like the Fool is a Clown, and it's the old um, it's the old act where you have the dog climb the ladder and then jump into the clown's arms. I'm sure you've seen that act. Yeah. You. It's been yeah. filmed many times. But this shows the clown on the staircase that shows the ladder, and it shows the dog falling, and they're just falling. It's it's sad and frightening. And you don't think the dog and the clown are going to make it. And um, the uh, uh, there's just um, I, I don't know. They're just they're wonderful, wonderful cards. The high priestess is called the seer, and it shows um, a woman in gypsy costume who may or may not be a gypsy with a tent behind her, reading tarot cards. And the deck she's reading, of course, is the Rider Waite Smith deck. <laughs> meta. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's meta. It's meta. Um, the Empress is called the Leading Lady, and it's this very classically done-up gal with a crown, and she's, you know, she's on stage. Wonderful, wonderful cards. All right. Well, there's our the end to this. We could go on, and we might do weird cards number two in a year. Mm, or we so. should. I, I think wonderful. we should. We, I, we've given you enough links; you can go forth and buy them yourself. All right. Um, so. Let's turn this over to Clifford, who's going to bring us our first client. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Freya Rose, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions with spiritual divination, prescribing down-home conjurements and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you've filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you've not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you are available on the air. We will collect. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like to say hello and let me, your announcer, Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our first caller is Wickway is up, calling from area code 914. Wickway is up. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. You've, excellent. Uh, you've yes, I'm you here. You have not had readings on the situation before. 
Very good. You indicated no, you hadn't had readings not. on the situation. All right. You wrote no, meeting with not. family members over the care. All right. Excellent. Um, all right. You wrote that you're feuding with family members over the care of my mother and her assets. She has Alzheimer's. When she was diagnosed almost five years ago, I told them we needed to move her assets into a trust to get her Medicaid qualified. Um, some were overwhelmed by their own problems and others were in denial. And one flew into town asking for the will. The same person is stealing money. So nothing happened. I don't want to be unrealistic, um, but I have been supervising her care on my own, which is escalating. I'm angry and ready to burn a candle on everybody. Please help. Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. Wow. Okay. Um, so, how do you? Um, <laughs> Wickway is up. I get it. That's your name. Wickway is up. All right. Um, I'm going to um, do the first um, reading, I think, and um, I'm going to use these um, circus carnival cards we're going to get a really strange reading here because you called it on the weird reading show um and i'm going to read about what is really going on and then we're going to have a second reading about what's going on and then we're going to uh, talk about uh what we can offer you in the way of root work okay i can't that'll come up as a double so you can't do that Uh, i'm sorry what do you mean no i'm in a car and then someone else are you talking right? I was in Maybe... the car. Okay. So we're, I'm going to do one reading, and then we're going to have a second reading, and then you're going to get some root work advice. Okay? Thank you. So the first card is the Wheel of Fate, normally known as the Wheel of Fortune. And the Wheel of Fate is a carnival wheel, and it's it's a kind of a rigged wheel. You know, it's not fair as it would be in real life. And what we see here are some strange characters on the Wheel of Fate. One is a clown. One is a bareback horse rider. One is a tamed but escaping lion. And one is a crocodile. And they have uh, books in their hands. And there are um, there's a snake on the wheel. There's also a, a large beetle and uh, like a like a ladybug type beetle and there's a oh my gosh sort of a winged serpent it's really full of strange imagery this card to me represents that you really cannot change much here it's going to happen the way it's going to happen the best you can do is get rid of the snakes and the crocodiles and really try to work toward having the helpful people with you but this card is not um, a card of uh, good fortune as it normally would be in a regular deck rigged against you so the situation of Alzheimer's cannot be cured and this is saying the best you can do is to just let the wheel spin and also try to get rid of the people who are not helpful, which I know you are trying to do. The next card is um, a card that is strange. I had just mentioned this card, and I cut the deck, and it came up. The Five of Buckets, Regret. And this shows um, a sad clown. It's Charlie Chaplin. And he's looking down and just very sad. He has a tear in his eye. And there are five spilled wooden 
buckets, like you might have watered animals at an old circus. And there's um, there's sort of the background is broken stones and and a sort of a forest that's just broken looking. Everything looks very tragic here. And there's a, a person um, facing away in the other direction. It's also Charlie Chaplin in Happier Days. It's called Regret. And I'm sorry to say that, again, this shows that um, you're not going to be able to repair the situation, and but you may be subject to feeling regret that you haven't done enough. And the five of buckets or five of cups is a person who has to face reality that something has gone very wrong and then will afterwards, you know, try to pick up and go on. Right now you're in the middle of it. This is a sad uh, card. And the things that are ruined and broken and fallen over really show that there are things that cannot be put back together again. The third card is um, a card that is uh, another trump. And this card is called the Solitarian. And it would be the Hermit card. And it shows a man on stilts. Um, and he's by his own uh, carnival wagon, and he holds a lantern. And he's way tall. He's on tall, tall stilts. And he's all by himself, and it's very gray. You're going to have to um, think for yourself, act for yourself, and you're going to you're going to have to be the one who carries this thing through on your own. It's not going to be easy for you to get these um, family members on board. And the solitarian is, as I said, just the same in a regular tarot deck called the Hermit. And this is a a card that says, "Think for yourself." And, um, you know, you, you're, you're stuck. You're stuck. And I, I know when I do a reading, people think, well, won't the reading give me a way out? This reading says, not really. There is no way out. You're not going to be able to convince these people to suddenly come on board. You're stuck. And it is a, a, a time of transition and passage, and it is a time that's a little... Uh, difficult for you, and it's going to continue to be difficult. The best thing I can say about it is that it's transitional. It's not going to be this way forever. And the one good thing about that middle card, the five of buckets, is that after the dark times, you can pick up what's left and go on. There, it isn't all ruined. In fact, in the background, there are two buckets that are not spilled over, just as in the Five of Cups card. And there still will be things to have, do, think, feel, and be that are optimistic, but you have to get through this situation first. They will not help you. So that's my reading on this. Um, let me uh, turn this over to Freya and see what she has to say. Thanks so much, Miss Cat. Uh, hi, Wixway is up. I love the name. I, girl, I am so sorry that you're going through this right now. This is just a really tough situation, as Catherine was saying. I mean, dealing with all this, especially dealing with it alone, like you have been, there's got to be a lot of burnout. Um, so let's see if we can get you some clarity. 
So I pulled a few cards from my deck about this situation, just kind of what spirit wants you to know about it right now. Um, The middle card of the spread I did is this card called the machine. It's basically just like a face made out of ice shards, just very stark. Um, I think that's how you're feeling right now. You've been going through this very alone, in solitude, feeling overwhelmed. And it's almost like that feeling that they talk about where you have compassion fatigue, like caretakers get that after a while you like you're a kind big-hearted person but after a while anyone is just tired you know what I mean and I feel like it's definitely like you're out of your heart space you're totally in your head like how can I fix this how can I get out of here and that's where a lot of that anger is coming from it's just you've been the sole caretaker and you're tired and that's completely understandable um, I also got a card very similar to the wheel that Miss Cat pulled In mine, it's called Design, and it's actually like these six stained glass windows fitting together, not quite perfectly, but perfectly enough that you know that all the pieces were meant to go this way. So that is what I'm seeing now. This journey, as difficult as it has been, is for your spiritual growth and evolution in this lifetime. Like as messed up as this has been, it is the right path that you're taking. So don't feel like you're going to be stuck in the dark forever or it's not for any purpose. It's building you is what I'm seeing here. Um, I also see, I mean, I see the tower, which is a face kind of breaking apart like this scream that's been held in for so long. You're finally letting it out. You're finally going, ah, enough, you know, and letting your voice be heard with your family. Next to that is the star just like the queen of heaven opening up this cloak that's a blanket of stars over you. So through all of this, I see that you're being held so closely by the divine. Like your guides, your ancestors are with you during this difficult time. Like I said, it seems to be like something that you need to go through for your own spiritual journey, but you are being loved and you are being held. I see your power. I got the Witch of Wands, which is this very powerful female figure rising from this cone of fire. So it's like you have all of this energy inside you still that you might not think that you do, (laughs) but you have this well of power that comes from your connection with God, basically. Um, And the last two cards, I have the Chariot, which is a witch on her broom flying through the night. That tells me that there will be movement. There will be some sort of forward motion with this. Um, And it's by this card of partnership, which is two hands reaching across and clasping one another in a handshake. So I think your power is about to, and you kind of having a moment where you freak out and let out how difficult this has been, that power moment just breaking apart. I do think that's going to bring you at least one person to help. And there will be forward movement from here. So again, kind of the same as Miss Cat, I see that this is a tough situation, but it's not permanent. It's designed for you, but it's not going to last forever. There will be forward motion. I really hope that helps. Bless you. Yes, it does. Thank you. Thank you both. All right. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to turn this over to Countryman, and he's going to give you some ideas of simple prayer and spell work that you can do to improve the situation. Yes, thanks. I think you've gotten some fantastic uh, readings here. I'm going to give you some recommendations. It's actually kind of one big working. When you're in a situation like yours where family is the problem and you're not really trying to, you know, destroy, you need things to go your way. 
the most powerful ally you have is your ancestor, someone who can help you. Now, it can't be all your ancestors. Some ancestors aren't very helpful. Some are even more of a chaotic mess than the ones we live with. So bear that in mind that, that you want to find an ancestor that is an ally, an ancestor that will help you. So maybe you have someone in mind, a great-grandmother who you knew that, that really knew what she was doing, or a great-grandfather that knew how to crack the, you know, you know, his whip or his sandal or whatnot to get things going. You want to work with uh, an ancestor that you know will help you. So reach out to this ancestor. If you can get their dirt, it would be ideal. What I want you to do is go to this particular ancestor's uh, place, this ancestor who was, you know, a little bit in charge of things, who knew how to get the family in line. Go to them and pour your heart out. Tell them, hey, I need your help. My family is not acting in the way that it is. I need you to help. There's a crisis. One of our own needs us to come together and do what's right. You're going to speak to them and you're going to gather a bit of their graveyard dirt, leaving a few coins in thanks. Take this graveyard dirt back to you, back home. Now, once you get home, I want you to print out a photo of each one of your family members or get a photo of them. This should be separate photos of them. You're going to take two bowls, place this on an altar, some type of surface you can work with, Fill the one on the left, so place them in the middle with a little bit of space between them, one on the left, one on the right. The one on the left, I want you to fill with salt. The one on the right, I want you to fill with sugar. Each one of those photos that you've printed out and on their back, write their name. Separate them into those family members that you know you can work with that may be overwhelmed or exhausted or confused, but at the end of the day are amenable, that you think can be good allies. Set them aside. Then separate the ones that you think these people are just not worth it. They're a pain in the ass. They're not going to be helpful here. They're going to cause too much of a trouble. You're going to write everyone's name on the back. The ones you feel you cannot work with, you're going to wrap up individually with black thread as you pray, asking that their chaos be hampered, asking that be, they be quieted down, asking that their influence be removed and that they're unable to cause any further troubles. Bury them in that bowl of salt. We're not interested in killing off family members, but we need to put <laughs> some people in their place. And so you're going to place them in that bowl of salt, and you're going to pray over that salt. Say, salt, hold these people firm and fast. Bury them. Then take the family members that you think can be helpful and place them into that bowl of sugar. Gently cover them with that sugar so that they are sweetened to you. Now take the dirt of the ancestor and make one big ring around the bowls so that the family is still bound together and drawn under the watchful eye of this ancestors. Those that are causing trouble will be held in place by the salt. Those that can be allies will be sweetened to you, and all of them, regardless of where they stand, will be under the watchful gaze and influence of this particular ancestor. Take a white candle dressed with blessing oil and put this right in the middle of all of it, so in between the bowls. So you have the candle in the middle, 
two bowls, and then one big ring with the dirt. Pray over this candle. Ask for the guidance of your ancestor. Ask for their help. Ask them to come forth and sort this family out and to bring you to this conclusion that you desire. Keep this going until you achieve what it is that you want. I highly recommend that you keep this going for two weeks straight, a candle every single day for two weeks, praying over this for two weeks, do this as the moon is waxing, and then after that, only you have to do it once a week. You can do it on Monday, which is a great day for family, Sunday for healing, any of that would work. Once a week, continue to light that candle. Keep this set up, though. So even if you don't have the candle burning on, say, like a Tuesday, you'll keep the altar. Keep this going. Uh, when you're praying over this, make sure that you stir that salt a little bit. You can use a popsicle stick. You can even just use your finger. Stir the sugar and then taste a little bit of this. Have that candle go and pray over the entire thing. You don't need to stir the salt. Don't do anything to it. They've been buried. Leave it there. But keep it going. Two weeks straight, light your candles, and then from there, go to once a week. Stirring the sugar, lighting the candle, praying over this entire setup until the situation has resolved itself. When it has, you can unbury everyone from the sugar and the salt, dispose of the sugar off of your, dispose of the salt off of your property in running water, but take the sugar and pour it out in your front yard, or you can bury it in your front yard and return the dirt of your ancestor back to the cemetery where they were buried. That is my recommendation. Let's see if we have some uh, further suggestions from my colleagues. Wow, that was pretty amazing. Um, I have no suggestions. I'm just trying to write to catch up with you. That was really good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I pulled a couple of cards. I I think that was amazing. Like, if you follow that, you're going to be in great shape. That covers the Mm -hmm. Arnery people. It covers people who you think you can turn around a little bit. It's fantastic. Um, I did pull a couple of cards to see what's what. Um, I see you being a leader of this kind of herd of cats. You're trying to get everybody on the same page. I got a card of the matriarch, um, followed by the death card, which I think is absolutely encouraging you to work with those ancestors who help, like Conjurman suggested. And I also got a card about being immersed in water. So, shocker, I'm going to suggest that you also make sure you take care of yourself and your own kind of fatigue in this matter mm-hmm. so that you can be that leader. Um, so, first off, you love candles. We can tell from your name, which is fabulous. <laughs> but this uh, this matriarch card has a flame in the middle, too. And um, I think if you're up for it, a skull candle might serve you very, very well. Like, think of the one family member who you think is just overwhelmed or thinks they don't have the money or the time, but you might be able to turn around that one partner that I saw in my reading. Um, You can take a skull candle, dress it with compelling oil, I think might be the best for this situation. Compelling is great for when you have someone who's made some kind of promise to you but is backing out for whatever reason and you want to spiritually be like, hey, you know, make good, you know, make good on that thing you said. Um, so if you dress it with compelling oil, you know, put the picture, the birth date, whatever personal effects you have of that one family member under the skull, or you can even dig a little hole at the bottom and tuck those personal effects in there. Uh, but anyway, each night, talk to that skull candle and put the thoughts into its mind that you want in that relative's head. 
So like, okay, wow. you got to stop there. We had our, oh, we sorry. got our, we got our time. <laughs> time. You got to <laughs> listen to that. He's great suggestions. Very so. Those are good Thank suggestions you. indeed. I would also say that um, you would want to do bathing and healing for the person yes, who ma'am. has Alzheimer's. Not, don't just direct your anger against the family, but also try to help ease the transition for the person with Alzheimer's. All right. Um, so now we're um, going to go on to um, our next client. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forestville, California, and all located online at luckymojo.com and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's next client. All right. Our caller is Lopez, calling from area code 907, Alaska. Lopez, are you there? I am. Hey, you indicated you had not any readings on the situation. Is that correct? Correct. Good. All right. Um, you wrote that you're currently ending a relationship. You joined of two authority figures asking you to exit your house at night. They had uh, you guide them to a road where a large group of crows split into two groups. Uh, they landed mm. on either side of the road on top of two harpies. One harpy smelled at you, and the other would not look at you. All right, turning it over to you, Miss Cat. All right, so this is a dream interpretation. Now mm-hmm. we're doing um, weird tarot, so we're going to use the tarot to interpret your dream. But before we do, I'm just going to say that um, crows have ambiguous meanings given depending on what culture you're in. In some cultures, they represent death. In other cultures, they represent wisdom. They can also represent tricksters. So I'm going to ask you, Lopez, what culture are you from? I was adopted, <laughs> but I'm in Alaska. You're in Alaska. Okay. So that gives us a kind of a flavor to what the crows mm-hmm. might mean to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Now, um, let's turn this over to... Oh, and I'm going to ask one more question. I'm sorry. What sign of the zodiac are you? Taurus. Taurus. Mm. Okay. Welcome to the Taurus Club. Um, <laughs> we're gonna ha- We're soon going to be handing out membership cards to all Tauruses. <laughs> We have more clients who call. Yeah, yeah, we have more clients who call and more readers who participate who are tourists than any other sign. We don't know why. It's just what it is. All right, I'm turning this over to my fellow Taurus, Conjurman. I love that. I do want a membership card now. Uh Lopez, <laughs> thank you for entrusting us with your uh reading here and to interpret your dreams. Normally I would interpret the dream through the symbolism itself, but it is quite traditional to also do a reading on a dream, whether we know that even even as far as the ancient times people would cast various oracles. I had a dream, can you tell me what this dream meant? Whether they would cast stones or lots or a horoscope or pull cards or whatnot. So this is actually quite traditional to ask the meaning of the dream through a different oracle. First, I have a question of my own before I read these cards. The two authority figures that arrived, were they male or female in your dream? One was male 
and he mm-hmm. was friendly, but he remained his authority. The female was uh, really cold and reserved. Okay. There's a reason I asked this because this showed up right in your reading. So I'm using the Game of Thrones deck. I'm going to read the cards and a little bit of their imagery, but because I take my readings quite seriously, I will draw from the Rider Waite imagery as well, uh, just because I think the meaning there is quite crucial. The first card that we have is the Ten of Swords, and the Game of Thrones deck shows ten swords stabbed in the snow with the word traitor in the background. For those of you that are watching the show, I mean, I'm not going to say spoiler alert because it's like five years since this has happened. So this <laughs> is the scene from Jon Snow's death. Uh, where he is betrayed by his brotherhood, betrayed by the Night's Watch. Uh, they turn on him, they accuse him of being a traitor, and they stab him multiple, multiple times until he dies. This is a warning. The dream is a warning. They are, they, you have two figures that lead you outside of your home, that is your safety, your sanctuary, your own castle, and they lead you to a road where you were kind of splitting between two forces, two things that are happening to you. The first of those forces or the first of the things that are going on in your life is the force of a traitor, the people who don't wish you well, the people who wish you harm, the people who want to hurt you. And then on the other side are the things that are good, and who is separating them is in the middle. So the second card is the Queen of Swords. And in the Game of Thrones deck, it is exactly the sort of figure that you describe. It happens to be Queen Cersei. This is Cersei Lannister. After she has ascended to the Iron Throne, she's sitting there in all her regal, splendid, but icy, icy glory. Uh, and you mentioned that this woman was very cold. In the traditional Rider Waite interpretation, because the Queen the Cersei also represents sort of like madness and ambition and whatnot, but in the traditional Rider Waite interpretation, uh, the Queen of Swords is actually discernment the ability to discern between good and bad. Uh, She is a sword card. The swords represent the power of air to discern between good and bad. And so here, the Queen of Swords represents that discernment, represents the cold ability to separate evil from good. So she is standing in between the traitor on the one side, that Ten of Swords, the Queen of Swords is in the middle, and then the third card, which is the other side, representing the other side of the raven and the smiling harpy is the ace of coins. And here we have the Bravasi coin that was given to Arya Stark, uh, said that if she ever wanted to find the faceless man, she would just need to present this coin and say, Valar Morgulis, all men must die. And anyone from Bravos would take her to the house of the uh, House of Black and White, I think is what it was called. I'm trying to recall the Game of Thrones imagery here from years ago. But it is a symbol of a gift. It is a symbol of something good, a lesson that can be taught, an ability that can be awakened. For those that follow the storyline of the, of the movie or the shows, Arya Stark gives that coin, goes to the House of Black and White, and literally becomes, learns new skills, learns new abilities, becomes a faithless man. So the imagery here is quite clear. The dream is telling you that there's a discernment that is required to separate those things that will harm you, those things that will betray you, those things that will bring evil into your life, and that which will bring you a gift, that which will uplift you. There is some promise that is here. This is a dream of threat and promise. 
you are in a moment in your life where you're going to be experiencing something soon in which will bring danger into your life, but also the opportunity of a gift. And the powers to be, whether they be your ancestors or spirit guides, will help you to discern between the two. Based off of this, you want to build your relationship with the ancestors, do some protection work, and also some work to draw this gift. That's what I see here. Those are a little bit of signposting for Miss Kat, who's going to give you your uh, root work recommendation. But I will now turn this over to Freya, who will do your next reading. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Conjure Man. Uh, hi, Lopez. Thank you so hi. much for this fascinating question. Um, thank you for sharing your dream with us. That's so intimate, and I appreciate you. All right. So I pulled some cards for you from, from the Tarot of the Crown, and believe it or not, the first one I got is the Beast of Swords. It was a crow. <laughs> it's just a crow in my deck flying against a clear blue sky. Um, so it's very interesting. The crow in my deck is either, you know, you want to be free, you want to fly free like the crow, but it's also a higher view of the situation. Uh, I agree that, you know, crows are usually tricksters, but they also bring lessons with them. That's the fun of the trickster I've found because I, I work with a lot of them in my personal practices. They might make a fool of you. They might trick you into something, but it's always to teach you something about yourself that helps you in life. It builds you up more than anything else. Um, the second card that I got is a big white spider in a web of its own making. It's the justice card. This is very much a moment in time where your dream is asking you, like Conjurman said, to take a look at these two options that have been kind of controlling your life. This is like a crossroads moment. Everything has led to this moment. And as far as relationships go and as far as the justice goes, it's almost like cause and effect. And what I'm hearing from my guides is that this is an ancestral thing patterns that have been cropping up in your relationships are the same patterns that have been going on in your family for a long time. Um, the woman in your dream makes me think that it's matriarchal. And so this is a really huge time to stop, self-reflect, look at the two paths and be like, okay, I want a solid relationship. I want love, but then I'm choosing this ancestral path. I'm still walking in these footsteps of my ancestors making the same choices they made again and again, and it's not serving me. Um, the middle card is a card called Revelation. It's this white cloaked figure with these like lightning bolts cutting down into them, creating these like little rivulets into their person. So it's almost like truth is hitting you right now. You're seeing these patterns that are reflected in your relationships and the kind of people you're attracting, and it can no longer be ignored. That truth is so big <laughs> that it's showing up in your dream. Uh, I have another card about teaching. This is absolutely a time of looking at those threads of cause and effect, looking at those ancestral patterns, and gleaning the lesson from them. Um, and I'm also seeing the same card I got for our last caller, the sorceress, the witch of wands, rising out of the fire with her arms raised up in this position of power. This is a moment where you can truly manifest whatever you want. You can break the chain of that kind of ancestral pattern. You can decide to choose another way. Um, I definitely got... I definitely got a vibe that the harpies are you. Like there's this dark feminine energy in you. Um, and I actually think 
I know this is outside of probably your ancestry, but sometimes goddesses show up to talk to people and they let me know. Um, look into the Morrigan. I'm going to type that in the chat. The Morrigan. She's Irish, but she's got a lot of counterparts. But basically, she's made of crows. She's like a battle goddess, a warrior goddess, death and life and rebirth and witchcraft. But I heavily feel that the harpy and the crows are this deep feminine energy that's telling you, like, look, you need to choose. You can either choose to continue the pattern or you can break the pattern. You can use your fire and your power and you can choose differently, which is just so beautiful. Like, I got chills talking about it right now. You're at this beautiful crossroads and it's time to pick. But that means that you're in control, which is a gorgeous thing. I hope that helps. Wow. Wow. Boy, are we all different. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the same message but different I, no it's different so way. true when you get three readers <laughs> together it's just un- and i'm meanwhile um uh, you know i'm meanwhile um quoting bob dylan you see <laughs> right black crows in the meadow sleeping across the broad highway so it's funny honey i'm out of touch don't feel much like a scarecrow today See, that's me. I, I I see this. I I don't I don't see this so much as um, ancestral, frankly, as having to do with the um, the the situation of ending a relationship, and mm-hmm. that's a different. That's where I'm reading these crows that split into two groups. There's the person uh, that you have the relationship with, and the other. Um, you know the your group, and they're splitting apart. And um, the authority figures, you know, I'm not sure they might be ancestral, but I'm really seeing this as the the, the splitting apart. So I'm I'm real old fashioned, um, and I'm I'm looking at this as a a plan to do a ceremony to split you up from this person that you're ending the relationship with. So I was taught a long time ago by a man in Oakland, California, who had a conjure shop. Um, he he claimed to be part Native American. He looked like he was. He he was what he called Black Cherokee, and he he was from um, uh, Oklahoma, and um, and I believe he was a Black Cherokee. Although uh, you know, there's a lot of people who would laugh and say, "Oh no, no, Black people aren't Cherokees," but I believe he was a, a mixed race person, and he had a belief that the kind of whiskey that you used in doing a spell had some connection to the kind of work you did. And he said, for instance, Southern Comfort was when you wanted to do a, you know, a, a mojo for a peaceful home, you'd dress it with Southern Comfort. But there was a kind of brand of whiskey called Old Crow. And mm-hmm. he said, now be careful when you use Old Crow because the, the crow can mean death and the crow can be uh, an enemy, and the crow can be a trickster that teaches you something, but you have to pay for that knowledge. It's not easy to acquire knowledge. It's not given for free. So I I look at this, and I think I'd like you to do something that actually replicates what your dream was. Work out your dream. The person that you're separating from um, and that you know who this is. You didn't tell me. But I'd like you to get something of that person and something of you. And I'd like you to um, put them, 
you know, in two separate little packets or put them in your two separate hands. And you're going to go to a, a road where, crossroad where two roads cross. Now, if you have a map and can find something with the word crow or blackbird or uh, raven or anything like that at that crossroads, you know, where there's a road that one of them has that name, so much the better. There are kinds of streets with those names. If not, then don't. You're just going to pick some place that's a crossroads. And you're going to stand there, and I want you to stand there in the night if possible without cars coming running you down. A rural crossroads would be better. And I want you to have in one hand the things that represent you, and in the other hand the things that represent the other person. And I want you to throw the things that represent the other person. It could be their hair. It could be dirt from their footsteps. It could be um, their photo. It could be any kind of jewelry they gave you, whatever it is, I want you just to spin and turn and scatter that at the crossroads. Just spin around in a full hundred, a 360-degree circle, spin it, throw it all out, and say, be gone with you and let the crows take you. And if you have anything shiny bright, they will come and take it. The other hand, you have your things that represent you, and you're going to put them next, hold your fist with that in it next to your heart, and you're going to say, I keep that which is mine. I'm going to walk home and don't look back. That's what I would do to make that dream come true. And if you have nothing of the person that you can scatter that's shiny, go get some shiny confetti or some shiny um, little pieces of, um, you know, sparkly whatever and uh, name it and, and, and pray over it. Call that person's name into it so that when you scatter it, it's scattered. That person is going to go to the crows. And um, there's another old song about the Twa Corbys. Corbys is an old Scottish name for a crow. And it's about a dead knight. And the Twa Corbys are just picking his bones. And that's what's going to happen. That person will be gone from you. Now, you may not wish their death. I'm not saying wish their death. But crows are known for bringing death if they have to. And so you can say, I, I leave you to the crows. I take you to the crows. That is what I wish for you. And... I guess I'm a great believer in firmly ending a relationship. And I believe that this dream told you how. One harpy smiled at you and the other wouldn't look at you. The harpy that smiled at you was your friendly harpy, right? The other harpy was your ex-partner's harpy. They won't look at you. They're going to go, all right? So that's how I see it. And, um, And it's what it is. You may lose some friends in this breakup. Two groups split in two. I mean, one group split into two. So that may be the case as well. Okay, now I'm going to turn this over to Freya. Uh, and Freya, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, I love that root work. Crossroads work is some of my favorite thing to do ever. Um, I think just, I just wanted to mention that you've got this beautiful gift that if you haven't used before, it's definitely developing that true dreaming. Like how blessed mm-hmm. how blessed you are. That is such a wonderful way to get warnings, to get information on where to go next on your path. Um, to encourage that gift, I would just recommend. Um, I saw that you're very kind of like grounded, and I think you like working with herbs and stones and things like that. So I would recommend using some star anise. Put some whole star anise in like a little muslin bag and tuck it into your pillow at night. It'll help you kind of build that dreaming muscle up. And it'll give you wisdom as well about what dreams are coming and help you interpret them. 
That is beautiful. Okay. But definitely star anise is a great little friend to have. Yes, and you know, um, as a Taurus, you're aiming for uh, the Queen of Pentacles, and the Queen of Pentacles has a little rabbit hopping by. And I always Mm. think of um, Tauruses as people who can read the flights of birds and the movements of animals. That's another gift you will develop, I'm sure. All right. Wow. All right. Strange Taurus reading. Now we're going to have our... Our network schedule announcement, and it's going to be brought to us by Star Anise. <laughs> the LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Freya Rose of FreyaHealings.com in New Mexico. Take it away, Freya Rose. All right. Thank you so much. So this week we're focusing on weird tarot decks, (laughs) obviously. So I wanted to share one that I do with the imagery from my tarot deck, the Tarot of the Crone. So I think this is because of my type of brain. Once again, this is just about, I think spells are a way of communicating what we want to the universe, right? And so it's finding that best way to communicate exactly what you want in a way that is easy for the divine to understand and respond back about. So what I like to do is I actually like to set out a few tarot cards, usually no more than three, because I'm going to make a little packet out of it later. I take a picture of those tarot cards and print them out on my printer so I can have little paper versions of them so I'm not constantly ruining my favorite tarot deck, but I can still use them in the spell. Um, So, for instance, depending on what I want to do, I try to set up a little narrative to let spirit know exactly what I want and how I want things to go down, if that makes sense. So, For instance, if I want success as a reader or, you know, a root worker, I would use the priestess card in my deck, who's like this beautiful standing stone who receives messages from heaven, followed by the sun. This beautiful, bright figure, this woman with gold coins raining down from her hands. So you got brightness, abundance, following that priestess, who is a diviner and an oracle. And then the last card that I use is the witch of discs. So this is an elegant lady. That's the name of the card is Lady. But she's basically like an independent woman. She buys her own jewelry. She's well-respected in the community. She's got her stuff together. So that's where I'm aiming, right? I've got the priestess. That's my job. I've got the results, the sun. I want prosperity to flow to me. And I want to be that badass, self-sufficient woman. So what I'd do is I'd cut out those little tarot cards. I would sign each of them like, I am claiming this. This is exactly what I want in my life. And then I'd stack them up in order and put in the appropriate, like, sachet powder. So for this, I would use Wealthy Way because I don't just want to draw money. I want to draw wealth. I want the lifestyle, you know. I want to be that fabulous woman (laughs) at the end of that narrative I've built. 
And so what I'd do is I'd stack those cards up. I'd fold them toward me because this is something that I definitely want to draw toward myself. I want to draw this energy into my life. Um, But, yeah, fold that little powder into a little packet folding towards you. And then I can put it in my wallet. I can pin it inside my brassiere as I go about my life. You know, you can kind of squirrel it away on your person. Uh, for love, I definitely recommend pinning it in your underwear or something like that to just enhance that message of what you want to have happen. But it's so funny, talking with spirit guides, speaking with the dead and angels and things like that, I've really gotten a good <laughs> a good understanding that spirit doesn't speak English, right? It's all kind of being <laughs> translated. <laughs> so it's like we're playing charades or Pictionary with God to a certain extent, right? And so this mm-hmm. is my way of almost cutting out the middleman and just being like, look, here's a picture of what I want. Here's a narrative that I've built. It's a story. You guys get it, you know? And from there, it's a really simple way to just express what you want and be heard. And I found it's really effective. Sometimes the simplest things are the most effective because we're not kind of getting in our own way. We're just being clear and concise. And there you go. So that's my spell. That's that's wonderful. That reminds me very much of a workshop that Valentina Burton gave a number of years ago. Um, she gave it at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and she also gave a similar workshop at the Bay Area Tarot Symposium one year. And what she did was she used tarot cards, same thing, a three-card cut, kind of makes you think of a narrative, and she used three large oversized tarot cards you can get these giant ones for stage performances and then she had three little ones and she put up three of them that formed a narrative background like what was going on and then she Mm -hmm. had um, a card that represented the person and she moved the person like moving a little doll through the narrative to get it to happen it's a wonderful way to work but it just I love that. not the sachets, yeah. And it also reminds me of something that uh, we've taught at Lucky Mojo for years on blending oils to create what's called the narrative of intention so that your mm-hmm. desires move logically from one to the next. We usually tell people don't put more than four oils into a blend. It begins to smell muddy. Three is fine. Two is fine. Three is a kind of the basic narrative of intention. The fourth one is nice sometimes for a conclusion. But that also is a way that you would work with this idea of the narrative. So I like what you I like what you've planned there with your your narrative of intention. Thank nice. you. You're welcome. And uh, I I also have to say it's really lovely having you here. You have a a unique quality um and I know you're going to be a very very valued member of air. And I just have mm-hmm. to say thank you. Without a thank doubt. you for thank you for choosing air to join because um you know we we definitely uh, we'll be um, enjoying you and, uh, and having <laughs> a lot of fun enjoy- with you. This was an enjoyable show, a fun topic and a really cool spell. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm going to say a couple of other things um, about AIR. Right now, um, Freya has just joined AIR. We have another uh, new member on the runway. And for all of those who 
wonder, how could I, as a professional reader and root worker, how could I join AIR? Step number one is to take and graduate from my Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course. I don't own AIR. I have, I'm not on the board of directors, but they decided many, many years ago to have a level playing field in which everyone had basically taken my course, and we could all be talking around the same concepts. And so if you want to become a professional reader and root worker and want to be a member of AIR, start by taking my course and uh, and then proceed from there. And um, we'd be glad to have you. There's room for many more in this group. And that's why we're so happy to have Freya join us. And, uh, and, and go and check out Freya's page. Just go to uh, readersandrootworkers.org. And on the left, there's a directory of all the names of all the people, and you'll see Freya Rose right there. And uh, uh, I wish you a prosperous and helpful time as a member of AIR. I know you'll do good. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you're you're a, you're a great person. I really enjoy intersecting with you. All right, well, there's our music. And... Um, and Nagashiva says, can't tell if it's loud enough. No, it's not loud enough. <laughs> Make it louder. Or as Bob Dylan said, play it fucking loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's turn this over to our announcer, Clifford, and, um, and let's see what he has to say. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Freya Rose, FreyaHealings.com in New Mexico for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be in the millet for a Valentine's Day special. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour brought to you the Lucky Mojo. Curio Company, Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com. Um, and a Conjure Man at Conjure Man Consulting Mission Vio, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from cliffloe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Ripper Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. And um, folks, uh, I'm going to throw in a couple of minutes worth of um, promoting folks here. Uh, Clifford can be found on Facebook, he can be found on Instagram, and he can be found at cliffblow.com. And although you see him here as an announcer, he's got an awful lot going on. We're going to have to get him on as a as a guest at some point. Yeah. <laughs> because we're just, you know, he's more than just the voice that reads the announcements, right? Um, so that's a promise, uh, Clifford. Um, Contraman is um, mm-hmm. found at Contraman Consulting, and he is not on Facebook. So no. out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to contact As little me. social media as possible, please. Right, right. Um, Freya Rose is on Facebook, on Instagram, and has a website, Freya Rose Healings. And I am on Facebook, I am on Instagram, and I have a web page, too. And it's all Catherine right. Ireland. Bye-bye. Good night, all. Thanks, Bye. Everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know 
all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.